wherever you go, however you go. For energy on the go, it's got to be 5-Hour Energy. It works fast, it works long, it tastes good, and with zero sugar and four calories, there's nothing holding you back. Fits your pocket, fits your backpack, fits your on-the-go life, whether you're going to work, going on vacation, or just going out with friends. 5-Hour Energy. Energy on the go. For more information, visit 5hourenergy.com. Welcome to another episode of the Streaking Line podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce, and I've got Caroline with me tonight. Hey, Caroline. Hey. What's going on? And uh, not much. We've also got Paul. Paul, how are you? Doing good, man. How are you? Oh, hanging in there. Hanging in there. Enjoying uh, the bouncy ball season. Not not much else to talk about. I think our first night was been a cast talking about the, the basketball team, probably. We, we covered the... The Belk Bowl last week, but we'll preview that more in depth uh, once we get closer to the game. But uh, the Who's had a big basketball win uh, this weekend against the Evil Rams of Virginia Commonwealth University. Uh, good game uh, in terms of it being close, which is refreshing. <laughs> I guess you know, <laughs> sure, lots I guess. of fun. But this was a little more exciting. Uh, but certainly, some things I think people were frustrated uh, about in the performance. So plenty we, we could talk about. Caroline, what, what were your initial uh, thoughts? Um, so that was a pretty ugly game. So I think that was the kind of game that if people hadn't watched this edition of Virginia this season um, and they turned that game on, they're going to say same old, same old type thing. But it's still not quite the case. But it was a grinded out, shots weren't falling, two teams playing tough defense that type of game and um good news is they won they found a way to do it shots weren't falling so they drove the lane and drew fouls against a team that was in the bottom of fouling like they do it a lot I guess is the best way to put it Mm -hmm. and uh in a game that just kind of had a weird vibe from the get-go in the sense of like there was bad weather so like the normal fans weren't there there weren't a lot of students there because we're getting close to exams it just had a weird vibe to it. So to overcome a few of those things and uh, VCU is a good defense. According to Bart Torvik, they're number one and on Ken Palm and on Ken Palm, they're 12. So it, you know, no, I'm not going to be too upset, but there's some things to learn from that one. Sure. Sure. Uh, Paul, how are you feeling? Yeah. I mean, that was as ugly is, is such an understatement that you know, <laughs> they, sh- they sh- VCU shot 30% from the field. 20% from three point and attempted almost 33s. Um, like there's not a, no, this isn't falling. We're going to stop trying. Um, mm. It was, you know, it, shooters going to shoot, but also not <laughs> shooters are going to shoot. Uh-huh. Everybody going to shoot. Er, everybody going to shoot. <laughs> um, as well as 64% from the line. And that's, yeah. I, I will it like, I think VCU fans would have some, pretty legitimate gripes with some of how the game played out that there were certainly more legitimate fouls not called um, 
than than VCU fans would want to acknowledge. But um, having an almost three to one disparity in free throw attempts, having a four to one disparity in free throw makes, mm-hmm. um, and of course the, the the five point play, which I'm sure we'll talk about. That that <laughs> even our side has acknowledged. Man, maybe that won the right call. Um, so it was, it was just, it was most, that was part of why it was so ugly is that VCU plays, de- actually plays defense the way everybody complains about Virginia playing defense. That mm-hmm. they say, oh, Virginia is just holding, oh, that's all they do. It's all holding and hand fighting. It's like, well, no, holding and hand fighting defense, that's, that's what it looks like is VCU. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, their entire defense is predicated on freedom of movement violations and their entire offense is predicated on offensive fouls. So. <laughs> I, I don't particularly wish them well. I'm very glad we beat them. I'm very glad we don't have to play them again for however long, uh, even if it's just till next season. I just <laughs> <laughs> I like the game. Like I like playing them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and I think it's good. Like the like good for basketball. Like that kind of thing. Whatever. Yeah. But good lord, like it's kind. It's not a fun. Like, um, their fans just aren't a lot of fun to engage with, and it's just kind of like they <laughs> show up out of nowhere spit hot fire for i have no idea what reason like you, you get, yeah like you get more like i get more aggressive like they find you type stuff like because i'll find you like it's just like everyone calm down like no one's trying to talk shit about your team like everyone relax and you don't like don't i didn't experience any of that with like maryland or tech for stuff like they don't come randomly like they come out guns blazing like they've already been disrespected for months and people have been talking shit about them and they've got bulletin board material and everyone's like, oh, we're we playing VCU this week? Sort oh, interesting. That, that mid-major defensive posturing, I guess. <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's you know. fair. I still think it's a good – like it's generally – every year it's a great test and it's something that I have always like thought is a good thing that Tony Bennett does because – I love it. Yeah, I want to yeah. play him annually. I think it's great. Sure, it's always nice. I think yeah. it's a cool um, contrast of styles. I mean, I know they're not exactly havoc like they were under Shaka, uh, but when he comes back to VCU, then we'll get to see that. Again. <laughs> yeah, they did just beat, uh, they did just beat Texas. Um, that's totally that's happening. I'm like, I'm all in on Shaka back to VCU. Um, <laughs> I, I what I do it, really like is when we play these teams now. Is um, I'm I mean I'm gonna say this like knock on wood um i'm not scared of the press anymore <laughs> is that like That's i feel like see that him. was something yeah. oh not three like years ago i was terrified of facing a press team that yeah. and obviously like playing like a west virginia last year like we did like virginia did have some troubles but um they just for the last three four seasons have handled the press like really well um and i'm like okay cool sounds good like yeah yeah well, I mean, and, and it was an ugly game. I think there were there yeah. were times um, UVA looked uh, outcoached, uh, particularly in the second half. They 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 didn't, ex- you know. I know half of it's execution, if half of it's a game plan, but it looked like they were doing neither for call it the third quarter of the game you know and it wasn't just that their shots weren't going in they weren't getting good shots they were taking some really bad shots in addition uh to to not finding the open ones um and and it just looked like bcu was doing what they wanted to do and uva was struggling on the offensive end at least uh, to execute anything resembling a game plan um BCU's defensive game plan on DeAndre Hunter was, was I think, very good. And part of it, too, was I would have liked to have seen him be a little bit more aggressive at times. Mm-hmm. 
only taking six shots, but he didn't, like you said, like they were missing open shots. There were definitely situations in which Virginia had an open look Ty Drum, you know, they're all shooting 43% from three and like, they just weren't connected. I think Ty missed his first like eight shots or something like that was ridiculous, Mm -hmm. but they did a nice job of denying Hunter the ball in places where he could be really damaging. Yeah. Um, and then they did a nice job of playing just man on man when he got it places that they forced him to either um, have to pass it out again or would rush something or push something in the middle and there was help in the inside. So, Well, I know we were, we were talking about this in person, but there were definitely times in that stretch where Hunter was getting the ball and not looking for a shot. And you don't know, is that a Hunter decision at that point in time? Right. Is he told, hey, when we run this play and you get the ball here, just keep swinging it. But there were multiple times that he was getting uh, a pass and swinging it when he received that pass in the middle, you know, call it around the yeah. top of the key or whatever. He he had his guy on him, but that was it. You know, he wasn't getting doubled, and there wasn't a lot of clog in the lane. And, you know, I'm saying, like, run the offense so that you're setting Hunter up to have position to score, position to make a play. Uh and, and they weren't running that offense. You know, he wasn't getting the ball in those advantageous spots. And that's a play design, as far as I can tell, you know. And, and the, the one that really, really, really frustrated me was the guy guarding him picked up his third foul. And yeah. the very next possession, Hunter had him one-on-one and passed it immediately. And I'm saying, oh, my goodness, he just got his third foul. He's not going to touch you if you take him to the loop. <laughs> yeah. Or he does, he's going to foul you because most of our drives from the wings were, were getting foul called. Um, I don't know. I th- it seemed weird that we weren't forcing the issue with Hunter for that stretch, and, and that's where VCU came back uh, and took the lead for a little bit. And I love Mamadi. I'm not anti-Mamadi, and Mamadi made some shots. But he had a good it seemed game. like we were setting up every play for Mamadi to score, which is not what the offense should be. Which like, is why I think it was something that on. they're def- yeah. I'd have to go back and watch again, but that's why I think it was it, – this isn't – the way that the offense looked was obviously out of place from the other games because that's where I'm saying, like, something that VCU was doing. And, and that's – you're right. Like, And I think that they did adjust when they're like, okay, Hunter's not going to get as open as we need him to get rather than try and continually force him the ball and force the situation they found other ways to score down the stretch, which, I mean, I don't know if it's nice to say like, okay, Tony Bennett needs to coach better to get him like run up plays that get him open. Or if you say at that point, like we are a better basketball team than VCU, we need to find our, make our players make plays. And I think that's what they did, but it was, yep. I, like or I said, I thought he it, was, yeah. I thought he was timid at times. And I don't know, maybe he just like, I don't know. Whatever. I don't think he played. He didn't play poorly. Like I'm not trying to like. And none of us are trying to be like. Oh, you didn't do enough. But it just only taking six shots was such a weird vibe. So I do want to go back and watch it again. I don't. That one was. That one was tough. That was up there with me, for me with the Wisconsin game there. The like the one that Virginia won. We're still like, oh god, this is like no one could make a shot for like several minutes. Um, so watching it again, I was like, do I want to watch all of it again? Um, (laughs) I'll tell you another interesting part of of that game was the tightening of the rotation. Yeah. Um, you, you had Hunter, Jerome and Guy all played more than 35 minutes or, or Hunter played exactly 35 minutes and 
Mamadi is the only one who really got a lot of bench play. He had yeah. 12 minutes. So, I mean, the Huff and Anthony got in for a couple seconds here and there. Uh, it was really just the seven guy rotation and, and more heavily just the six guys. Uh, you know, I know that's something that you want to experiment with uh, against your, you know, one of the better teams you're going to play until ACC starts, but I don't know, stuck out to me. I do wish we had seen a little bit more of Jay. I feel like that would have been, you know, we, we've heard that it's the same thing. You're, that it's, it's matchups, it's this, it's that. But it looked like there were good matchups that um, VCU had one big who was kind of bulky and stocky that was obviously a better matchup for Jack. But they had a couple of others that were more the sort of the lanky and athletic types that um, I think Huff, you know, would have matched up well with. And it seems like – that that would have when they were searching for that spark that what who's going to be our guy what's going to be our thing i feel like that's you know i don't know it, it's total total you know armchair quarterbacking at this yeah. point but but it's it's one of those like as even in real time i was like man i feel like maybe try jay like it's the defense isn't the problem like it's the offense that's the yeah. issue that was me with key try jay you know? <laughs> i wanted more key and that was just kind of like yeah, because i, I thought when he came in until he came in he came in and hit a three. Like he was like the first one to like do anything offensively for like the first time he came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't think he took more than three shots. Did he? He only took two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he, it was another three pointer. Um, so he, and he played what less than 10 minutes. Yeah. 12, 12 minutes, minutes, one for two from the field on that, that three he did. He had four boards. He did also have two turnovers and only 12 minutes. And there were a couple of really obvious defensive breakdowns. That was, and that's that was the, why, uh, I mean, that's why it came out. Like, right. we've learned that at this point that you you don't pull your weight on defense, you're going to find a seat real quick. And I, I did a – I was talking to someone today for a radio thing, and he was asking, like, you know, all this talk about Key when he got his waiver and da-da-da, like, has he not lived up to the hype? And I was like, I think that's a more fan problem than Key problem at this point because we definitely – there were people that were like, make a – you know, lock for national final four now that Key's got his eligibility. Like, there's still, like – a learning process that comes with learning this defense and he's only been there for what like six months five months whatever um I still think his ceiling is super high I like what I've seen from him I like the flashes that I've seen but it's just going to take some more time to get used to like what Paul just said with the defensive rotations um another uh, thing I've got about uh VCU is is uh their point guard Marcus Evans really athletic guy who's getting into the lane it was fun to see Clark match up against him because you know, the, the talent at the point guard spot is only going to increase uh you know when we get into acc play and then i was looking at the box score and uh i he, he only had three points one for ten so and that yeah. made me look at his season stats um he can't shoot <laughs> <laughs> So I was like, man, this guy's really good. Evans, huh? You see, oh, yeah, I knew he was new to the team. He's a, a transfer. Um, he's only shooting 38% uh, on the year from, from the floor. And 20. But he was averaging like 14 points a game or something. Yeah, right? 13. Yeah. yeah. And, and uh, only sh- only makes a quarter of his three. So he's a really athletic guy. So I, I wonder how the game goes with his ability to create space if he could make jump shots, you know, so maybe it's like a good introductory course for Kihei. Um, well, it is. I mean, talent. he was Kihei. I, well, can you imagine? So obviously <laughs> he got, I just like, I can't, I'm trying to wrap my mind about him. I, I was 
like okay heard a lot of good stuff about him coming out of preseason practice like this is cool like he's gonna actually see some some meaningful minutes right mm-hmm. so that's that was kind of like the you know trust tony tony knows how to go get himself a good guard you know s- shorter point guards can get it done look at chris likes like whatever miami so you come into the season if you had told me that Virginia was nine and zero, and we were wringing our hands over what we we're going to do without Kihei when he got wrist surgery. <laughs> I would have been like, "Oh, you're crazy! He's starting!" <laughs> like, and the what he has done so far—he's like third in the ACC right now in assist to turnover ratio. It's like three point two, and he's right ahead of drill tie of three point one. Uh, Virginia has two guys in the top five in the ACC with in assist to turnover ratio. Um, this is a kid who's he's nine games into his career, and he's out there shutting down fools. He's got, you know, I think combined, like, I'd have to look. Because Morgan State, for some reason, Virginia decided to turn it over a ton. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, against Maryland and uh, Wisconsin, he had no turnovers against good quality competition, one of which was on the road in his first true road game. And it's just like I, I watch him play and, like, there's a little some question marks maybe about the consistency with shooting. Sometimes it looks like he has to put everything he has into it to get it to the rim from a three point shot. But in pre in pregame, he knocks down like every single one. But the stuff like that move he made under the basket to go around the trees, oh, it was, was lovely, beautiful. And it's obviously like this kid had to learn. He was the shortest guy out there probably most of the time. He had to learn how to make those moves to finish around the trees. But the the effort and the defense and that I've never seen tony bennett that animated oh, yeah. then when he got that 10 second call right after ty tied up the game i that i mean it, the place was lit like he, he reached out for the high five it was i've never seen that the least tony bennett thing i've ever witnessed <laughs> for sure I hit the person sitting next to me and was like, did you see that? Tony ran to midcourt and I fived him. No, that was a great play. I mean, it was a game changing. I ran down the court with his hands up. Yeah. Like the momentum was clearly with the who's after that. There were like, what, five minutes left or so? I think a tie game. I mean, that that was a big, big swing uh, on that play. And pretty much that's, uh, you know, it's sort of when the arena went, oh, okay, we're going to win. And. Another Absolutely. thing to bring up about that, uh, and Kihei specifically, is he hits his freaking free throws. Which <laughs> yes, is awesome. And the whole team seven. did, which was yeah. unbelievably right. nice. Yeah, see. exactly. DeAndre had a rough game, but he was seven of seven from mm-hmm. the line. Yeah. Like when he did seek out his shot, when he did get aggressive and go to the hole against a foul happy defense, he converted at the line and still contributed. I mean, he was still the third leading scorer. That's true. Never I think, like, honestly. Man, DeAndre had a kind of crappy game. Still at nine points. Yeah, because he went in and he got fouled pretty hard on those and, like, missed a couple barely and one type things. So, yeah. I, I, you know, I, when I think about that, you're absolutely right because you look at the one for six and you're like, man, what a, what a bad day he had. And then you think about it. And he was being aggressive at times and taking the ball to the, to the hoop to get fouled. And then, thank goodness, it's the Kyle, Kihei, and – um Dre combined to go 20 for 21 from the line like that's that's all right you got it that's, that's something amazing. good teams have to do yeah know. and free throws was something we've talked about the three of us are you know the podcast repeatedly over the last two seasons is not getting to the free throw line enough like you have to get in there and draw those fouls and get those calls and they're starting to do that because they have guys that can do it and then also make the shots. Also, shout out Mamadi for making his, too. Right. Yeah, I, think that's, I, think that's a product of, I think that's some of that's a product of Ty and Kyle getting 
stronger, that they're not just hundred percent. Yeah. Like the way Kyle yeah. was his first year that now they've got like, they've always, you know, maybe they've always, always had the ability to get to the hole, but now they're like it there. It's a more central part of their game that as they've both become such established outside shots, the, the opportunities to drive are there. And now they have more, more of the physical tools to convert. So they, it's, it's becoming more of an, a, a real dual threat. For sure. I love it. it. Absolutely. And they, they got fouled at the right time. Like when you want to complain about, or some people complain about like, um, um, sorry, VCU fans complaining about the foul disparity. And obviously you never want to see where it's like completely out. Those refs were just bad across the board, by the way. They were not, they didn't have, they didn't have a great day. Um, but when they were, getting fat like they were getting fat because they were driving the lane and being aggressive and drawing those fouls so that was what i think was super important yeah yeah i mean i you know there were some nutso calls <laughs> on both sides um there was a friendly call gosh i i forget what it was real late and again i don't think the game uh, was going to be changed on this i think after uva's play with about five minutes left uh, really solidified who was going to win that game. But there was a friendly call late. I forget what it was. Uh, but there were so many unfriendly calls, too. Uh, that, yeah, that, that, that kid just... flopped off of DeAndre. Like, oh, that was silly. Of, like, but, I mean, the yeah. stuff of Jack was unbelievable. He was getting the Ivan Drago calls. Like, you looked at him, that's a foul. <laughs> like, pulling his arm away from a guy and the ref called hooking. You know, like just yeah. just some stuff that uh, made me shake my head like crazy. But anyway, um, I think one thing that, that we should talk about is this is one of the last real tests. I mean, I know they got South Carolina is going to be a real test too. But heading into conference play after watching uh, these first handful of games, I mean, they're 9-0. You can't ask for better than that. But is there anything that you're particularly concerned about uh, going into conference play that might, I don't know, be, be a weakness for the team or a reason you think they might not challenge for the title against a certain ACC blue chips talent squad or, or, or something else? I mean, is anything sticking out to you, Paul, um, that is a, a major to maybe minor concern? Yeah, so I don't think anything is is a necessary categorical weakness. Like it's it's not like, oh, they're a sixty five percent free throw shooting team, or mm-hmm. you know they they fall back on jump shots too much. That that's that's the thing I think it's changed the most this year, is that if stuff isn't going well, they they're more confident in their other options other than shoot the three better. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the thing that does concern me is it feels like this team hasn't mentally locked in um, that they haven't, they haven't wanted to, to hurt people. <laughs> um, they, I think you got, you got some of it in that, like the cop and state game, obviously the, like, as they got out to such a big lead and then got close to a hundred, like that was the, the carrot in front of them. It seemed like, but you know the there there have been times like sort of letting Maryland back in the game, yeah. and 
and not ever distancing themselves from yeah yeah it just felt like there was like okay we know we're gonna do this so we're just like we'll get it done when we need to but we're not gonna put a full 40 minutes of our of 100 percent on the floor yeah um so i i know they've got that gear they showed it last year time and again and they'll find it this year i I think they always seem to. You could point um, to that VCU stretch, you know, with 10 to five minutes left in the second half where they really turned it on. I I, I agree with you that, that that's probably the first instance of them turning on the ruthlessness, you know, yeah. like, and, and, and I, I agree that they haven't had that like killer instinct other than, the teams that they've completely overmatched where, you know, they're, they're tinkering with lineups and they're playing the young guys and they're just trying to see what works. You're not going to see a lot of that killer instinct, but this was probably its first appearance in like, oh, you're forcing your will. Like what we hear yeah. about the UVA. There was, there, there was one offensive set that was like, made me jump out of my seat that, uh, three different times they had wide open threes that it was that it was clear that they were running the set over and over and over, like they running each aspect of the set mm-hmm. to get better and better looks. This one that and ended it, with the Ty Jerome three. Yeah, I think so. It was like yeah. I think Ty, and Ty, Ty had it twice. <laughs> yeah, Ty had it wide open. He gave up a layup. Rim. Yeah, yeah. drove to the rim, gave up a layup, kicked it out to Kihei, and Kihei either kicked it to Dre or Ty for the for the three, and I, I was sitting with my dad, and we both went, oh, like it was such a like kind of an asshole thing to do. Of like, <laughs> we're not going to shoot this; we're going to embarrass you twice more before we get a dad. It made and me go, said, God damn it! Oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> I was saying that he goes, he has to make that three, right, 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 right? Like the ball movement, that whole set. I know exactly you're talking about. That whole set was so nice, and then it's one of those shots where like you have, you have. <laughs> Take that. It's like when someone has a really like sick dish, <laughs> sick dish, bro, and they like, Tubular. yeah, and they can't finish the shot. And you're like, no, that assist would have been beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only so we used to do the whole thing where it's like we're not going to score for the first five six minutes of the game, and then be like, okay, we're good now. Now we've moved that to the second half. <laughs> I don't really like that. <laughs> um, I also. I mean, obviously, good coaches will make adjustments at halftime depending on what our team is doing. So if there's a guy that's hot in the first half, a lot of times like they don't seem to continue it in the second half. Again, small sample size. I'm not super concerned about the, like, Maryland coming back in it because that took some, like, shooting out of their asses and Virginia being in the double bonus eight minutes and some change into the second half when they had six fouls the entire first half so like I don't even know like what it's not like they went in at halftime they're like you know what we're gonna do foul more um but also they were on the road this team hates them it's a big opportunity like that to me like I was expecting that kind of run in that game and to weather it says more to me than to give it up um those things obviously yeah I'd rather have beaten Maryland by 25 that would have been awesome (laughs) but um I'd like to see a little bit better on the two-point defense, but I think it's already getting a little bit better, and it's hard to make sweeping assessments of it when you face two big men that are like Ethan Happ and Bruno Fernando. Um, But that's probably – 
I guess it's always the same stuff. I want to see defense stay strong and get better, yeah. and I want to see the offense do. But I think the offense is way is light years ahead of where they were last year. Personally, I mean, the way that the sets that they're running, the little tweaks that they've made in the off season, I think are actually making a difference. And it's clear that there's a different mentality to the team when it comes to the offensive side of the ball. And I do think that coach is giving up a little bit on defense to do some things on offense. I like what I've seen um, from the bigs on, on offense from Jack and, and Mamadi uh, at, at, in flashes for both. Neither, neither is super consistent on offense, but I think it adds another dimension. I like yeah. that they're pressing um, from time yeah. to time. And that's going to come oh, in handy. God, it's so pretty. <laughs> that like trapping three-quarter quarters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. mostly blends in the back line. Oh. And they do it – the best part is he said they do it to like take a rest. To like slow down the other team, <laughs> yeah. Slow down the other team so like they have sh- less time. And the it's not just to take a rest; it's obviously to also try and force like turnovers, or whatever. But the whole like idea that they're adding a three quarter press to like give them a little bit of a break in the half court set is hysterical to me. <laughs> it's amazing, like good hysterical, like yeah, you silly I, defense team. <laughs> I think speaking of of things that we're always aware of uh, because of the way this team plays. Uh, I, I think I'm prone to noticing the giving up the threes that aren't going in for the other team, you know, so the other team's missing open three pointers and I'm like, Oh, they, we yeah. got lucky. That was an open <laughs> shot. Uh, there were at least a couple of those um, yeah. in, in the second half against VCU that, that would have been huge shots, you know, tying the game or, or getting them back to one possession. And I think, yeah, that's the nature of the pack line is you got to be flawless on, on closing out and, and moving around to your guy. So a big weakness is sometimes you can shoot over the pack line and it just, it just gives me the heebie-jeebies to, you know, know. To, to know that that's there, that we, if we run into a hot shoot and three-point team, we know what can happen. Like, um, I think this team um, is going to lose a few games. Yeah, because yeah, that's really good. And it's like, and we always say that, you know what I mean? Like, oh, last year we said that too. Like, this team's going to lose a few games. Like, da, da, da. And then they just kept winning and winning. And obviously winning is great. And I want to win every single game. Sure. I do think they're, they're going to drop a few just because, like, the, I think the ACC is has got some, like, Florida State's going to be tough. Like, Yeah, that's um, going to be. A, a, the Virginia Tech games are going to be tough, and that sucks. I hate that. But it's going to be <laughs> tough. Um, especially because Justin, what's his face, Robinson, and – Nikhil and Walker can shoot like you can't give them open threes mm-hmm. because they will make them and that's like you got to watch out and then obviously there's the whole Duke and UNC um and Syracuse is going to be tough like we Paul is absolutely right 100% agree they have gotten away their shot selection this season I think has been so much better um those long twos that used to give me ulcers like there aren't as many of those and if there are some then it's like a nice drive and pull up from Dre like I like that that's fine but you know when you play the long arms of the Syracuse zone they're gonna have to make some of those shots from around the free throw area and and there's definitely guys that can do that so um but yeah I think this team's gonna lose a few games and I don't want fans to freak out is basically all I'm saying it's like it'll be okay if they're not top 10 breaking (laughs) news breaking news (laughs) preaching patience yeah I know right um, and they could go, they could win all of them. I'm not saying that I don't think they can be every team that I've seen play so far this season. Absolutely. And I don't have any, that's why I think that 
probably there are seven teams, six or seven teams that I think you could rank anywhere from one to seven. And you'd have a legit argument to put them in that order. So Kansas, Gonzaga, Tennessee, Virginia, Nevada, Michigan, Duke. Did I say Duke? Anyway, like those are like, they're good teams. So well, it's a good transition uh, to my next question, which is, <laughs> do either of you actually give a shit that UVA dropped uh, to it. number six in the AP poll? Paul? Dude, I just, I you want love this it? to be under the radar. Like, yeah. the dropping, as opposed to what their ranking is as a raw number, like, I guess that's a slightly different conversation. Um, one, it's early, so who the hell cares what you're ranking right. for Christmas? But at the same time, I don't want this team ranked number one. I don't want game day coming to Charlottesville. I don't want – That's probably still going to happen, though. (laughs) I don't want this team to be – I want them to to play at, like, 85% of their capability for 80% of the season and then (laughs) throw the hammer down from the ACC tournament onward. Just no no weight of expectations. Like – it does like because some of it doesn't matter. Like you get to the tournament, everybody's going to be showing nothing but UMBC clips. Yeah, that's the only thing the casual basketball fans know about Virginia yeah. is they play slow and they lost to a shitty team. Um, yeah. okay, yeah. UMBC is not a shitty team, but like that's that's how people see it. That's how people see it. And it was like if that only gets worse if you're a one seed, and then like I like I I get that that it probably would fuel the guy like Kyle and Ty probably want to be one seeds again and they yeah. probably shit they probably want to play UMBC again like <laughs> they they want just the ultimate revenge tour but I I want this team to fly under the radar and come into the tournament as like a two or a three seed and run the table like that's all right they're, they're not gonna be a, I don't think it'll be a two or three but I don't have a problem with that. I, wait, I mean, wait, wait, you think a two or three is too low or too high? Too low. You think they're like? I think I don't think. I think. Sorry, I mean one or two. I don't think they'll fall into three. Huh. But I, I get that's super nitpicky. I'm like, what are they going to be like number thirteen in the country? I guess yeah. Okay, fair. Yeah, I can. You're right. I can see that. That's. I hear three. So this is what has happened to us. Right, a three seed is still like a top ten team. Happened yeah. to you. sorry yeah i mean like as a like i hear three seed and i was like what did we have a terrible season (laughs) wow i mean the acc is looking a little more legit uh a little less just top heavy yeah i I just for sure when it comes to what i like about the fact that virginia is now six despite a big win and a win over an in-state you know gritty win whatever you want to call it is the fact that it shows that the voters are voting on a per week basis based on who's looking good. Because again, like I don't have an issue with Michigan being ahead. Actually, Virginia got more votes than they did the week before or whatever it was, but there's like a few outliers that just dropped it. Like no one thinks that this team is bad. Like I just, there's no like Nevada talk around it where, and I think Nevada's good. Like I'll stand up for, they've got some really talented players. Um, but they, that's a real ain't played nobody team because they won't play another, they don't play a top 40 top, a Ken Palm team all season. Um, so I can see why people are like, why is Nevada in the top 10, whatever, whatever, the UCF of college basketball. Um, 
I don't There's know. There's a difference between won't play nobody and ain't played nobody because right now <laughs> UVA is not in a position to do any ain't played nobody talk. Like our strength <laughs> of schedule is 300th on Ken Palm. And again, that's like it is what it is. Like South Carolina yeah, was scheduled right after the Final Four. <laughs> it is bad. <laughs> like you can't. No, South Carolina is not the problem. It's Coppin State and Morgan State, and well, like we said Thompson. before, one of them had to be. All of the random ones dropped like sixty spots on on like a lot or like the Towson was a top hundred team like or like low hundreds. Now they're like one seventy. Like they, yes, you're right. The ACC. I'm not concerned about their schedule. Towson has dropped from two twenty ninth to two ninety ninth. <laughs> See seventy spots. <laughs> <laughs> A real powerhouse of the <laughs> mid two twenties. Um, not getting to play Butler, not not Virginia's fault. That would have helped a little bit. Um, yes, sure. One of them we had to play. Coppin State, Virginia yeah, had yeah. to play because of the turn. Like, and again, like you can't control. I'm not. I'm not concerned about their schedule. When people want to talk about the schedule, I get like that's why they're in sixth. Like this doesn't look like a sixth place team. I was like, okay, whatever. Um. But it's going to all work. Like, it's not like they're not going to have a resume to get into the tournament. Like, why are people so concerned about them having a, like, weak non-conference? Yeah, I don't care at all. I I just don't understand. It's not football. Like, they're not going to miss the college football. Yeah, it doesn't. It literally (laughs) does not matter. Like, they played good teams in Wisconsin and Maryland. They played a solid team in Dayton. They played solid team in VCU that's already knocked off some bigger school teams. And they're going to play Duke twice, Carolina virginia tech twice i'm not i don't know why people are making such a big thing about the con about the comp the schedule it makes no sense to me I'm like sure it's not great right now yeah that's what i'm saying is like you know nevada's not gonna have a chance to play anybody or anybody better the rest of the year this virginia is like it's right it'll, sort, it'll sort out at the end either this team will be a one or a two seed they'll and they'll be a conference champion again or they'll play at about this level for the rest of the year and be sort of borderline top 10 like it'll all Oh, yeah it'll shake out okay. yeah yeah i don't have an issue i wasn't i was kind of like oh they dropped but i'm not like the disrespect because i think like i said that the teams that are ahead of them have a legitimate claim to be ahead of them i have not been super impressed with kansas they've beaten good teams they're they haven't played anyone like real gibby but they haven't really impressed me um i, I don't know maybe it's just me i don't know i don't Bill self always steals tony's golden diamond in the rough whatever you want to call um i just golden they're diamonds in the rough yeah they're super <laughs> they're special ones yeah. <laughs> but i don't know so that's like i get why kansas is number one but um i don't think they're the best team in the country how about that is that the best way to put it yeah absolutely you can't knock them for what they played but i don't think they're the best team i yeah. honestly think duke is right now but they've played a really good strength of schedule yeah, it is. That's what I'm saying. But nothing in there. I've watched a bunch of their games. You're saying like the eye, they don't pass the eye test for you. Yeah, they just haven't really been impressive. But I'm sure there are people that watch Virginia and say that. And that's fair. Like, if you watched just VCU and you're like, this team isn't any good. Like, I get why people say that. And I watched Kansas almost lose to um, a couple people where they're down and, you know, pull it out of their asses. And, hey, good teams find a way, right? Is that what they always say? So... True enough. Well, the Who's uh, don't play until the 19th. So the dark days. Columbia, South Carolina, because of exam break. Um, So next week, why don't we just talk 
about our favorite holiday things because <laughs> we're not going to have a basketball game to talk about. So we'll mull that over. Um, but yeah, uh, stay tuned to the blog for, for some things uh, while we entertain ourselves over exam break. And maybe we'll be back with a podcast <laughs> attempting to do some. Uh, good luck on your exams if you're listening and you're in college. <laughs> and uh, Go study. <laughs> have fun at work for the rest of us. Uh, but yeah, till next week, uh, for everybody at the blog, I'm Pierce. Go who's. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Napa know-how. Right now, you can get a $20 prepaid Visa gift card by mail with the purchase of a Napa Legend Premium Battery. Its durability and power make it the obvious choice for people who hate getting stranded by a dead car battery. So pretty much everyone. The Napa Legend Premium Battery and $20 back. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores and Napa Auto Care Centers. Limit two per household while supplies last. Offer ends 228.19.